From the Ben Pixel Studios in Las Vegas, Nevada, this is Phone Booth Fighting, your free weekly podcast covering the world of mixed martial arts and so far beyond. With that guy, the two-time UFC heavyweight champion of the world, Frank Mir. Oh, and this guy, my Jiminy Cricket at all times, two-time funniest man of Reno, Naga silver medalist, retired MMA fighter, retired before I did, but you know, a little age there, I understand, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and currently my, uh, my sidekick here on Phone Booth Fighting. I was uh, seeing the boys from MMA Junkie this morning, and they told me that uh, John John Morgan, apparently, who was doing the color commentary on my last fight, spoke highly of the fact that I got up. Yes. After <laughs> I was like, well, I guess that's a moral victory. No, you know? no, I told you. Look, everybody thinks they can till they can't. And then... I, t- I was just talking to Ed today about this. We're training Ed and Austin, right? We were talking about, oh, well, the, you know, one of the guillotine escapes that I do, I immediately go back on the attack because I like to punish you for immediately going for a move on me because right. eventually I just train you that, like, everything you do to me is going to hurt you. And, guys, the expression I used is one of the things you do in fighting is you, you help them look for the door, which means that I want to put so much pressure on you mentally, physically, which and really is mentally, that you're looking to go ahead and give me an arm. You're yeah. looking to go ahead and take a shot and cover up and let the referee stop the fight. And uh, the fact is you got, you got dropped. You know what I mean? You got hit with a concussive shot by a guy who can punch hard that you looked, you could tell. Like, I could tell when guys even question themselves, like, uh, do I want to? And then they're like, uh, everybody's screaming, okay, I will. Like, I'm very proud of you that you never once even had the thought go through your mind of, Oh fuck this! I'm done. You know what I mean? Well, what the fuck am I doing? You know what I, mean? like, I appreciate that, especially the fact that you were screaming at me, "Stay down!" At that point, <laughs> was yeah. I wasn't screaming. I was just giving you the. If you can see on our YouTube channel, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, "Hey, I'll warm up the car if we need to get out of here quick." Now we need to introduce our special guest in studio. Uh, Frank, he's more than a special guest. He's actually become a friend and now a coworker yeah. for uh, me. This is John Shaw. How you doing? Now John works with me at Zach Bagan's Haunted Museum. Uh, he does the heavy lifting, literally. At the <laughs> museum. I, 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 You've seen his. Yes, I have. I'm very impressed with John. Yeah. I do the talking, and he does the freak show. He does some talking too, but may, he does the freak. No, he's show a very stuff. good orator. He was able to yeah. captivate. Just, I mean, I'm sure there's other people out there in the world that can put themselves through pain, but being able to captivate an audience and be also, you know, you know, good, you know, uh, you know, be able to out there and speak and, and, and make us be invested in you. That was the part I thought that he really excelled at. Yeah. Well, John, John's got about three minutes to gross yeah. everybody out. And that's what is <laughs> a does. very short time. Yeah. Period. They're yes. in the sideshow because there is a part of the haunted museum here in Las Vegas where you enter what is basically like an old time throwback freak show, the kind of sideshow they used to have at the circuses. And he does a couple of stunts for people. Now, Frank, before we let John describe what he does, let's get the layman's version. How would you describe what he does? Because you, you've seen it. You've been an audience member. What now, do you remember? I was remember? blown away. I mean, uh, he went out there and First, he grabs a drill. I don't remember which order things were because I've seen it twice. Mm-hmm. It came through. And when he grabs the drill, you're like, all right. You know, I can imagine he's going to maybe put it in his nostril or something. The guy puts it palm down towards him. So it's going straight through. And then you look at this thing. And how many inches? Six inches. Six fucking inches of drill 
disappears into his sinuses and comes back. And even if, and I know there's probably a technical way to do that to where it causes less damage, but the, the pain tolerance and the, the ability to do that, I'm like, this guy's not doing this once. You know, like a fighter, we warm up, get ready. All right, do that again in three months. I'm like, man, this guy's doing this multiple times yeah, like in an hour. Like 20, 30 times a day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I sat there, I was like, also too, I guess the part that impressed me was the mental discipline to do something that's almost like, how many people get into fender benders all the time? Because when you're driving, driving's dangerous. One of the leading ways that you could probably leave this earth very quickly is mm -hmm. vehicular accident. And people lose that respect of it all the time. And you're on your phone, you're texting, mm -hmm. you're talking to someone, you're looking over, they're showing you something on your phone. Accidents happen because you get too comfortable. So the fact that he can repeatedly do things that are dangerous multiple times and keep mentally disciplined enough not to make that mistake that's the part that i really like i honed in on i was like wow this guy he doesn't have to do this once but multiple times without screwing up and not being too comfortable that's yeah. a good point yeah. john because if i flub a word here or there we'll be all right if yeah, you're off, just chuckles and we move yeah. on <laughs> if, if you're if you're off center an inch then yeah it hurts and it bleeds and, hospital, and it does right? happen every yeah. once in a blue moon you know there are mistakes i've uh, especially because I, I do the paint can Hand. Yeah. So I put big, they're deep sea fishing hooks, and I stick them into my eye sockets, and then the audience member fills it with yeah. the water. I think I had you do it. Yeah, yeah, I think I that had one you made me like the saw. <laughs> the The drill is definitely like holy shit, but it's not. I guess it didn't make me look away because you're like, oh my god, you know, what I mean? it's yeah. just like, oh shit, more of the expression. I think most people could relate to when he has his tin can and he drops it and is swinging. I didn't even see the initial reaction of it snapping down because I closed my eyes. My initial reaction, oh, shit. You know, you close your eyes and you look away for a second because, you know, it's like you're about to watch someone get hit by a car wreck. Most people, I think, <laughs> kind of turn away for a second. And that's what I did. I was just, that, was, that, that one was like, oh, my God. I don't care what technique he's doing. That's a sensitive part of your body. Yeah. <laughs> that has to hurt. It's a metal paint can, and then he has somebody fill it with what is that? Twelve, twelve ounces. Yeah, I don't it's, know it's, much a, water it's like it. a beer mug. Full yeah, like of water. a beer mug. Yeah, full it's of sixteen water ounces. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a solid sixteen. Yeah, that's half a pound, yeah. half a gallon. <laughs> now, if you want to see uh, what we're talking about, John's brought a couple of things in studio yeah. uh, to show. Now, uh, this is a great time to subscribe to our Phone Booth Fighting YouTube channel if you're not already on it. Because if you're just listening to the audio. Um, you're going to enjoy the show, but you're not going to see the, you're not going to get the visual effect that you're going to get on YouTube. So go over there and uh, subscribe to our channel so you can uh, see what he's doing. But before we get into, we'll build up to that. Okay. Tell everybody, uh, John. Uh, I guess maybe kind of first of all, how, <laughs> how you got started in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the joke I always tell people like, why do you, you know, how do you do this? I'm like, crack cocaine and meth. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a joke. Obviously, I would never do crack. But um, <laughs> so it's like it's just that's a good. But how I got into it, the the real story is when I was about ten years old, my father was a cop. And uh, they were a circus, uh, Clyde Beatty Colbert, the circus, came to, I, I grew up in New York. So they came to New York, it was a tent show, and they had a sideshow. My father came home, because they hired them as security. My father came home and said, you gotta go see this, this is crazy. So we went that weekend, and we went to the sideshow, and because they all knew he was the cop, of course I got picked for everything, because I was the kid. Mm. And I got up on stage with the sword swallower, and the, the guy got down on his knees and said, pull the sword out, and I looked down this guy's mouth into his throat and I pulled the sword out and I remember to this day feeling his teeth scraping across that blade and the saliva and everything and it, and it made this little sound as it came out and he's like now hold it up in the air and I went like this and everyone went yeah and I'm like 
well, I don't know what this is, but I want yeah. more of that. This and is I, the same way amazing. Mikey got into porn, actually. It's, uh, <laughs> I've heard that same story. It's very similar. It's very similar. It's very similar. And then, uh, and then you know, and then I got to, you know, I got I saw the snake girl and the blade box where, you know, the girl gets in and they put the blades in and one gets stuck and they pull out her costume. And then, like, now for a dollar, you can come up and see how it's done. And, mm. of course, she's just in a different costume, but everyone thinks she's naked. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, it was that kind of thing. And there was fire eaters and all that stuff. And I was just amazed. Mm. And I already did magic magic at that point because I was already I started doing magic at eight I was about 10 and as soon as I saw this I was like fuck yeah mm. there's there's because it was real it wasn't yeah it, it, in my mind there's no trick it's like these people are physically doing this yeah now I'm trying to remember I remember seeing sideshows at the state fair in Texas when I was a kid so they didn't – I don't think I saw them past my teens because mm-hmm. they largely went away at some yes. point. But I And we're close to the same age, so yeah. I'm thinking we were probably just right on the tail end yeah. of being able to see yes. a little now, – now there's revival versions Yeah, but it's it, not – yeah, it's just – it's definitely yeah. not the same. Uh, you still had shows uh, – Ward Hall – uh, mm-hmm. who just passed a, few, a little while back, uh, he was the last of the old-time guys who were doing this. Like, he, you ever, you know, the pinhead that we have in the museum mm-hmm. is modeled after a real person named Schlitzy. Yes, who was in Freaks. Who was the in the movie, movie Freaks, the Todd Brownie Freaks. You ever seen the, the old 30s. movie Freaks, Frank? <clears throat> you should see it's this. black and yeah. white. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, and, 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 yeah the, all it's, the It's all natural-born fe- born people who are in the movie. And then in the end, like, don't they like go after? Like, yes, they yes. go after yeah. one of the girls. Yeah. So the the, mid, the the normal girl that was yeah the mm-hmm. little guy that's in it. They like Italian looking little. Oh, sorry, guy. real quick, what was the guy's name? Sorry, just so, when people say that, I want to go back. Yeah. Schlitzie uh, or Schlitzie, yeah. which was a man, but they they build him yeah. as a woman because he wore like a muumu. Yeah, kind here you of go, thing. Frank. Uh, Mike, you'll pull it up so everybody yeah. can see. Go ahead. So they, um, they, they, he wore a muumuu because he was incontinent, so it was easy yeah. to wear a diaper and stuff. It was easier to keep him clean by dressing him in this giant dress. Again, same thing we do with Mike. <laughs> yeah. So it was like one of those things, and but then because of the way he looked, you couldn't tell male or female. It was really kind of like. Yeah. Okay, here's the cast of freaks okay. up here. He's the uh, one in the dress right there in the center, right? That there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because I was I was watching the American Horror Show. I think yes. it was the third yeah. or fourth season they so, did. So and this is Johnny Eck, who is one of the a real super famous half man. Yep. Uh, and this guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but you've all seen him in Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, oh, Master that's a, Blaster. Okay, that's yeah. the little old man. Right, right. That's him as a young oh, man. Okay. Oh wow. Which is now, really cool. When when somebody is I can a, see the face. Yeah. Yeah, you when, can see it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When somebody like Johnny Eck is a half person. Is he literally just born in half? Yes. So he was a twin, an yeah. identical twin. His identical twin was full-bodied. Huh. And he was half-bodied. Not not uh, conjoined, though. Not conjoined, no. They were twins, hmm. but one was born with no lower half of his body. Yeah. So no legs whatsoever. Yeah. Just like a, tor- a living yeah. torso. And then his brother was born just like average person. Interesting. Yeah, but identical twins. Yeah. Huh. Now okay. there's different types of half people, and I've worked yeah. with a lot of half yeah, people. I'm this sure, kid. like what? <laughs> some have hips, some probably don't. Like yeah, that. there's yeah. a there's this kid Bobby in Ohio, and he was um he he was a football player. I mean, you might have seen him on on his YouTube on YouTube and stuff. He won like an an ESPY or something like that for like college football. He runs on his hands like almost as fast as, as somebody can. Jeez. And I, I've worked with him in a show. He's 167 pounds, and he's half a guy. 
So yeah, that's a big strong. I guy. have a video yeah. of him on my phone with a girl on his shoulders and him walking down a hotel room, a hotel hallway with her. Imagine the guy's upper body. Oh, it's insane! Unreal. He climbed me like like I was a, a jungle gym. Huh. We've seen that in wrestling now, where guys yeah. have done well. Yeah, there was a kid that I just seen that is a half body, and the one obviously the most famous is Robles, mm-hmm. who went to Arizona, and I think what was it, 2012, maybe national mm-hmm. champ. But that was one of the. It was funny. How do you argue that it's an advantage? Because it's you know, it'd be a taboo thing. It's yeah. Like, oh, you have an unfair advantage. Like, dude, he has one leg. Yeah. But after meeting him, I was like, wow, yeah, you actually have one less leg to weigh in. Yeah. So your upper body and his strength, and yep. obviously that's not just that advantage alone is going to make you a national champion. Yeah. But talk about okay, I don't have the ability of mobility, but I'm going to have greater strength to weight ratio. Yeah. You know, so turning things around and always looking for like you know the advantages. Yeah. Mm. So half people, their shoulders are very developed. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we have we have a girl that works at the museum. She's considered a half person, but she is she actually has legs, but they're small and they're they're they kind of come up and fold underneath her. So she has them, but they they're completely right. non functional. Mm-hmm. But she walks on her hands every day. Her shoulders look like little football helmets. Yeah, right. Uh, and she's I mean yeah, she is very tiny. Hand walking multiple times a day. Yeah, I mean, all day. That's I yeah. mean that's what she does. Pound to for do pound, everything. I can't imagine yeah. the strength. Yeah. So this is another one of uh, uh, John's specialties. <laughs> is he's the. Uh, He's the uh, we, you like the freak show wrangler. Yes, like uh, that's you, a good uh, way to say. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, how did you? Uh, how? Did, oh, is this uh, the guy? This is the wrestler? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Zion right. Clark. Let's see here. Yeah, blow that up. Let me see here. And he has? Would you say one leg, Frank? Zion has uh, neither. No, oh no! Yeah, yeah, yeah I see not. that. Wow. So the kid, the friend of mine, Bobby, he's kind of more like him. He, okay. he has like that, like a little bit of a stump underneath his body. Yeah. But my friend, he got five kids too. Oh. Also, he has obviously. Oh yeah, yeah, everything's there. It's just different. Yeah. Wow. Look at how strong that dude is. Yeah. Big and strong he is. My friend Bobby's got a little skateboard. He he gets around town, man. He just zips around like nobody's and business, like man. kind of what you're saying, Frank, like with weigh-ins, I mean, you're that's kind of like you could find yourself like a lightweight wrestling a heavyweight torso. Yeah. yeah. Well, like your friend, right? If he weighs body. 170 yeah. pounds with no legs, yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you that's a 280-pound dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now you have a 280-pound guy who only has to move 160 pounds around. Yeah. You know, imagine if I took your legs off to go do pull-ups. Even if you never got one ounce stronger, you immediately would be that much stronger. Yeah. And then you talk about the fact you're always using your hands to move your body around. Your time under tension. You're always constantly pressing. Yeah. Strength oh, is incredible. Oh, his hands, when he would grab you, like, because he'd, he'd, like, I'd stand next to a, we'd go out to the bar or whatever, I'd stand next to a chair, he'd grab me and grab the chair, boom, and you could just feel the strength ah. in his arm. He'd grab your leg or him and just climb mm. you like it was nothing. Like it was nothing. It was unbelievable. Now, what was your, all right, so what was your introduction into the, because if the, if the world of the sideshow and the natural borns and all that kind of stuff is anything like uh, my porn star wrangling <laughs> it's that you have to get you got to get one to vouch for you that's kind of the like yeah. let them know you're not 
shady and, you know, you're not going to steal from them or whatever. And then once word gets around, hey, this one's okay, then then the others are easier to uh, to come by. So what do you remember about your introduction into the proper world of uh, that sort of well, thing? Well, it, it was kind of weird because it wasn't like I, that's what I was going out for. Yeah. It was like I met I met one, worked with somebody on the road, and then all of a sudden somebody – it came up one time like, hey, I need a little person for this. And mm-hmm. I'm like – well, this girl I'm dating, her father's a little person. Mm-hmm. And he's they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, he was in Howard the Duck and Gorillas in the Mist. And they're mm-hmm. like, what? How much does he want an hour? I'm like, okay. Uh, so I like got off the phone. I'm like, hey, how much mm-hmm. do you want an hour? You know, and we worked it out. And that was like my first like mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. doing it. Like mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like trying to help my friend out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, I don't know. I can get him like 150 bucks an hour. And, and all they did, wanted to do was hang out with him. But I told them I have to be with him mm-hmm. because the problem with people when they rent little people out for for parties and stuff is they, they think they're kids or props and they mm-hmm. pick them up. Mm-hmm. They're very fragile. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are very fragile. Mm. And then a, a short fall, no, no pun intended, but like a three or four foot fall right. could kill him. Right. Could literally kill him. And one of his friends, he told me a story. Somebody put him on his shoulders. They were jumping around. Slip, fall, boom, dead. Yeah. So, so that kind of stuff. So that was going through my head. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go with you. You have all the fun. I'll just stay back and kind of make sure nothing. And I and I took care of the money. You know what? You know what John's (laughs) talking about here. This is how I knew that I had been accepted at the museum. One of our little people, Crystal, needed to stretch her back out. And she chose me to pick her up by her ankles and hold her up in the air so she could stretch her back. And I thought, well, she must think I'm a you yeah. She yeah. She does that. She expression. And is that the proper term? Well, two questions I guess I have immediately right now. Little person obviously is the proper yeah. terminology. And then second, are the. the the people in your industry as sensitive with terminology. Sometimes you deal with other people in different factions. Like I, I have to be, you know, s- spoken to or, or these are the terms I want to yeah. be spoken. The pronouns. And yeah. Yeah, these, yeah. And how dare you not use. And sometimes fuck, I have a hard time remembering. I'm like, okay, like, you know, she, he, you, ah. in the, in the sideshow world, a lot of them have very thick skin and they, okay. so it depends on who's saying it and how you're saying it. Well, like, so, which is you know, realistic. I'm Jewish. Be, be so if my friends make a Jewish joke to me, I don't care. It's funny. Okay. But if it was somebody I didn't know and they called me a kike, yeah, now right. we got a problem. Yeah, there's maliciousness behind Exactly, the, exactly. Yeah. But with like little people and stuff, some some little people only want to be called little people. And they will generally tell you that. Um, some people, like Crystal, our friend Crystal, she's like, call me a fucking midget. I don't care. Um, so she's cool with that. So that's the kind of person that she is. Some people are fine with it. Some people aren't. And then, but you figure that out fairly so, quickly. So obviously, midget is a, a no-no typically. Yeah, but see, some people. Well, there's a difference it, between it, midgets and dwarves. See, that's what I said. I, yes. See, those are the two expressions I would have used. Yes. If I saw someone look by and they say, "Hey, that person's very small," what do you think? I'm like, "Oh, they're probably a dwarf." Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was the actual. Yeah, dwarfism pro- is the blanket term. Okay. A midget is a perfectly proportioned little person. Okay. So they look basically like they they grew up at but a certain like age five and foot, then stopped. four foot eight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So but like, yeah, dwarf. I've seen them. They have. Like they're humorous and usually, their femurs are short. Yes, and you'll see. Usually they have like a bow leg and right. then like the stuff. The but arms, their torso and head, the head are, are like are like an average person. But then the rest of them is like okay. Down. So that's that that would be more like a, what a dwarf would be. Right, and then there's different mm-hmm. subdivisions. That yeah, yeah, and there's different variations there. Some are taller, some are smaller, some are you know all different. Types. It's such an interesting uh, environment, the Haunted Museum, because. You do have the the various performers like that in the workplace. And there are things like in the break room, there's a smaller table 
There's like a oh, like shit, smaller yeah. table, smaller chairs, With smaller you know? chairs, yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, if you had somebody who was in a wheelchair, you'd probably right, have a ramp. Totally. So, I yeah. mean, it makes sense to make things accessible yeah. towards yeah. the individuals you're, you're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. They're smaller. You just, I initially wouldn't think of that. Yeah. You know? There's smaller tunnels in the house that they can navigate. Yeah. So they can skip around the house yeah. quicker. And then sometimes when you have to go through those tunnels as a full size person, watch your step. There could be a little person splayed out yeah. somewhere, watch a you movie. know, relaxing <laughs> in between shifts. And the other funny thing to me is how That was actually just, the, the biggest scare I've ever gotten at the Haunted Museum. What's that? One of the little people just yeah. ta- when we went into the clown room, there's yeah, a tunnel yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they were waiting for people to pass and yeah. I got stood there for a second. And I don't think their intentions were to fuck scare me. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like it's you know, like you just sitting there and say, Oh shit, I didn't uh, see you there. <laughs> and that was one of those, Oh fuck. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then the other funny thing too is how it's just so casual in conversation. Like there was some conversation the other day about a possible like how a new exhibit could work. And I heard somebody just so casually say, oh, yeah, totally. And then all we'd have to do is put a half person in there. And then we'd have it, you know, like that was the easiest part of the formula. And I was like, who thinks that way? Like, well, yeah. And then just, you know, I mean, of course. And that's, and that's a a great, one of the great things I love about the sideshow is it mixes lots yeah. of people from that, that are just different looking and have just different things about them. It's, for me, it's a, it's a new learning experience every day because I learn more and more and I talk and I ask questions and stuff. And it's always respectful. You don't want to ever do it like, hey, what's it like to pee? You know, you know that mm-hmm. stupid stuff like that. But, you know, I have a friend of mine. He's a penguin boy. So he's a little person, mm-hmm. and he has no arms. He just has little hands that stick out of his shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I lived with him on a tour bus for three months. We traveled around the country in a show together, and we were going down the road 67 miles an hour, and he would climb up the bunk bed and j- jump up, and went, like we'd hang out. And he had no arms, mm-hmm. and he would, he, but he found a way to do it. Mm-hmm. Like he finds a way because he's never had arms, so he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm, people are like, oh, my God, that's so horrible. I'm like, it's not horrible to them. They, they don't know. Yeah. Like – it's like a dog with three legs. A dog with three legs just finds a way to make it work. The, yeah. You know, my friends who are different, were born different, they find ways to make it work. They mm-hmm. just, because it's the only way that it is. Humans are great at adapting, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's fantastic. So, so you don't have any of that stuff going on, but you decided you were going to be a sideshow performer. So now, what is your first, like, actual gig in the sideshow? The first thing I ever learned how to do was eating fire. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what they tell you not to learn first. Mm-hmm. But back when I got into it, no internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like you had to you had to go find somebody to, to teach you. Back in my day. Back in my day. <laughs> yeah. didn't even have dirt. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, I saw somebody eat fire, and mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, I really want to know how to do that. So then I would ask, like, some older magicians. I'm like, hey, man, how do you do this? And they're like, well, I don't know, really know. I heard this, and yeah. I'm like, okay. So my first fire-eating <laughs> trick this is how I figured it out. I was like, I think 12 or 13 mm-hmm. maybe at the time. I went home and I had a I had this torch that I used for a magic trick where I would have a torch and it would turn into a cane. You know, that was the, mm-hmm. that was the trick. But it was made out of aluminum and it had cotton inside of it. And I'm like, all right, well, what, how do I protect myself? As a 12 year old, my way was I'll coat inside of my mouth with Vaseline. That'll protect me. 
I had no idea what petroleum meant at that time. I didn't know what a petroleum... Pro- I was like, oh, yeah. this just makes complete yeah. sense. Actually, so it's, it's good for uh, <laughs> camping. You're dipping things in petroleum no, no. for your fire starting stuff. It's going to work out well. So I, I just got a thing of Vaseline, gooped it out, rubbed it all over the inside of my mouth, which was god-awful tasting, by the way. Uh, and then I took this metal torch, lit it on fire, and then just went, put my head back, took a deep breath in, and went... And every time it would hit my skin, it would sizzle. And I'm like, ah, 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 ah. And I took it out, and I'm like, ta-da. And I was like, okay. So then I cleaned my mouth out. My mom came home, and I'm like, hey, look what I could do. And she was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> was your yeah, mom yelling Jesus at your Christ. dad like, I As told you you yeah. shouldn't have taken imagine. him. Yeah, yeah. so she was like, kid. you can't do this, can't do this. She's like, you got to find somebody to show you how to do that for the right way. And I'm like, well, I don't know anybody. And so I met an older magician. By the way, credit to your mom. Yes. Because my mom would have had yeah, the she same. She handled that way better than yeah. I would have. <laughs> my mom would have <laughs> That had... was just not really the yeah. approach I was expecting. No. Yeah. My mom would have had the same freak out at first yes. without the follow-up of, but we need to get you a tutor. Right. Well, I think she realized, because I'm the kind of person. I'm you. all. Yeah. I'm an all-in yeah. kind of guy. Like yeah. if I'm gonna do it, I'm just. So she knew it was going. gonna happen. It was gonna happen. In the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. knew. Like I talked about it a lot. Yeah. And uh, so I asked this guy who I used to buy magic from out of his basement of his house, which sounds I know sounds shady. creepy, right? <laughs> but back in the day, hey, what are you gonna do? Hey, uh, John. So <laughs> I got some new magic tricks down in the basement. The disappearing no. <laughs> vanishing banana. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, so. I asked him about it, and he's like, "Well, I heard if you take cotton balls, wrap it around the end of a, a like a, a, a coat hanger, uh-huh. and then put the lighter fluid on it, the, it acts as a wick. You take a deep breath in, as you put it in, you breathe out." I'm like, "All right." So I went home, and man, did that work a whole lot better. Yeah. And but the torches were so tiny. And many years later, I was about 18, and I was at a magic convention in Stamford, Connecticut. I remember it, and I met this girl. And she was a fire eater, and she was about thirty-ish at the time, and she was super hot. And uh, and I was just like, hey. And she taught me. She made me fire eating torches and uh, and all kinds of stuff. So uh, it was it was a good magic convention. Boy, most most, <laughs> most young men when they meet the older woman to show them the ways of the world, they're not thinking about learning fire eating. Nope. You yeah, know? we sat uh, we sat up for yeah. hours and hours in the in the hotel, and she like showed me how to make the torches and explained all the different yeah. stuff. And to this day, I still, I may, I have a variation of that design mm. that I still use. I'm, I mean, I never t- saw her ever again after that, but yeah. uh, it was, uh, it, it, but no. now the torches I use are huge and produce mm-hmm. a flame that's like, oh, like two feet. So now when what I is the greatest risk of injury? I, I would assume inhalation. No, yeah, if you breathe it in, the fire will go into your lungs. It'll no, burn boy. you. It'll kill you. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... If you breathe in, you're, you're, you're done. Oh boy. It's, it's a bad. <laughs> All right, now now You're about to sneeze. It's like no. <laughs> yeah. Now John's uh, brought some uh, tools with him here. Yeah. And we've got we've got a nice little uh, studio audience. We've got uh, we got Austin Aries, pro wrestler extraordinaire. Porno Mikey's here. Our buddy Big Ed's over here in the corner. We got John's girlfriend here. Uh, so we got a nice little, uh, of course, you guys at home watching on our Phone Booth Fighting YouTube channel. Now, what what have you brought with you here? So I brought a couple of things. Um, I do a stunt with uh, forks mm-hmm. and a taser. Okay. So this is real. This is a real taser. It's not yeah. a trick. Yeah. Uh, this Taze is real. Frank real quick. Let me make sure it works. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so, uh, me and John have already had this explanation. Yeah. So we've had this talk. Uh-huh. I became a great fighter because I have an aversion to pain, not because I have a good tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. When I first started doing this yeah. trick, uh, this stunt, uh, Zach, uh, Zach Bagans was mm-hmm. like, that's not real. I'm like, he's like, hit me with the taser. I'm like, no. 
Mm-hmm. And he's like, why? Because it's not going to work. I'm like, no, because it is going to work. Mm-hmm. And it, like you're like a TV guy and like I'm not going to be the guy that knocked you out. Yeah. Because then I'm probably going to not have this job anymore. Yeah. Although. Yeah. It's probably not a good way to start off employment. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. It's like. <laughs> uh, put 200,000 no. volts. I know in you me. don't believe it, but I'm telling you, I, like, I literally went to yeah. one of the gun shops and I bought this. For although, although I got to say, <laughs> not this doesn't apply to Zach, but I've worked for some guys where if they said tase me, I'd be like, you don't have to ask me. <laughs> they wouldn't finish I, the sentence. I, I actually <laughs> really like Zach. Zach's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, uh, a Did saber. you end up z- zapping Zach? Or did he... No, no. I told him no. I was like, no, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm going to do that. Because mm-hmm. this is, I was like, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt you, and he's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, like I'm not lying. So to you're you. better. Than, I, I would have at least handed it to him and said, all right, buddy, go ahead, knock yourself mm-hmm. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not literally, gonna, I'm not <laughs> gonna be responsible for it because we have video cameras everywhere. Everyone's gonna see that. I'm like, screwed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have three forks, mm-hmm. and I'll let you pick, Frank. You get to pick a fork, any fork. Yeah, go for the middle. That one. All okay. right, cool. So. We're gonna take this fork. By the way, are we are we good on the camera shot? Yeah. Think oh, I can okay. See it. So is it, it's a head-on shot. Yeah. Is that yeah. Okay. So I'll 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 turn a little bit to the side so everyone can okay. see. So I'm gonna take the fork. It's gonna go into the nose. No. Then it's gonna go all the way into the center of the skull. Once it's in there, I'm gonna take the taser, which is a saber, two hundred thousand volt saber. Shut the fuck up. And I'm gonna taser the end of the fork, passing the electricity into my head. And I do this for all of you. You're welcome. <laughs> so we got to lube it up first, just like in real life. <laughs> so if you notice, a fork is, I mean, it's pretty Yeah, wide. that's good size, man. Yeah. That's a Definitely want to want to share a bag with you. No. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus, fuck, right? No, oh, it's in it. Oh. Now, if you watch real close, I don't know if you can get a close-up. If you watch real close, you'll actually watch the electrical, uh, like the, the, the stuff. It'll jump Curve. up and actually grab the, the, the fork. Arc. You ready? Uh. Oh, yeah. ah. oh, shit. All right, here we go. It's a big one. Ah. Ah. Whoa. Uh. Ah. Woo. Mm, got cleaner oh, off the Oh, my that. God. Holy shit. That's how you wake up in the morning. My nipples you are You all hard, right, though. Becca? <laughs> you know the money I would save on Afrin? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, Let's all take a second. Let's <laughs> process that. Yeah, that's many layers of just no. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people are like, well, you know, how do you how do you train for that? And because, like, I mean, you're you're obviously used to training and, and going through pain and right, discomfort. Right. It's very similar, uh, but with this, you have to readjust the inside of your body. So to get this size fork doesn't happen immediately. Okay. Over time, start or, off with one of those little cocktail you, you weenie off, forks. Well, you, so you literally said, move actually, your like septum you start over? off with something really small yeah. and soft, yeah. like this. Like the first thing I ever put in my nose was a Q-tip, mm. was to test to feel yeah. how the inside of your nose feels. Yeah, because that's that. There's there's all kinds of stuff in there, believe it or not, that you don't realize is there until you go to shove a hard object in past it, and then you hit it and it hurts a lot. And over time, you can actually stretch and push stuff around in there so you can create yeah. a larger cavity, and then you can just start putting Because I there. see you reacting to the taser, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you're trying to, can I do this for one more second? Yeah, yeah. you got to be, I mean, yeah. you got to be, I mean, there is some, there is science behind yeah. what I'm doing, obviously, but 
uh, it, it, it's also there's there's pain tolerance. There's yeah. science behind it. There's you know yeah. ner- learning about now, what the body can do and is now, capable of. To, to draw another fighter analogy, like Frank fights southpaw. Do you find you have one nostril yes, that you favor? Yes, it's, it's always my right side. Okay, why? Yeah. Just for any the, reason? Uh, it's the one that works. That's worked the best. The, uh, mm. My other we one. We probably move stuff over to. Yeah. Over, now right. this is over so far. I've tried to put stuff into this side, and it yeah. just doesn't like doesn't like the drill and stuff, which is like about three eighths. I think think yeah uh i tried to put that in there and it's just as like it's just clamps right on it so i was like eh, okay one side's good enough do you ever have a hard time when you ever you know, a lot of us have sinuses right you get plugged up does that nostril ever get plugged up or it, it does it does like in the morning i have to every before every show and even before today before i came on i had to clean out okay you, you, you use like a, ne- a neti pot no uh usually what i do when i'm doing the drill thing is i just take the drill and put it in go and turn it on and it the drill like will a actually pilot hole everything right out <laughs> It does exactly yeah, what it's I, meant to do. It just pulls every like all the snot and crap. This is Medipot. Medipot on it's steroids. It's way better. It's yeah, way faster. I'm like flushing <laughs> out with warm saline yeah, water. Like, I, I'm like, ah, he's like, nah. You put the fucking drill. It yanks it yeah, out. Like, I wonder. I put the drill in and I just move it around, and then yeah. all of a sudden you'll start to see it goes, and then all the stuff just comes right. out I wonder of your if face. you could do that as a fighter next time your nose gets busted. Like you know, you don't blow your nose. Hey, don't worry about it. John. <laughs> come in with a drill. I hate not being able to breathe. Yeah. I don't have many habits anymore at my age that my wife hates. The one she hates is that I'm addicted to nasal spray. I hate not being able to breathe through mm-hmm. my nose. Uh. So after a fight, like when my shit's fucked up, like I'll sit there, like I'll be in the room with my pinky shoved. Like this last fight, my nose got moved over yeah. a little bit. My septum moved to the left. So I've been sticking my pinky up my nose to try to move it back over. And I constantly, I about once every two weeks, I go through a bottle of Afrin. I'm just constantly, wow. I hate not being able to breathe. Yeah. So... <laughs> Well, if you want to learn to put forks in there, you can actually yeah. get in there and move it really over. It's a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks at first for a while, but... Yeah, you, definitely, I have some chopsticks can, at home. I know what I'm doing when I get home. <laughs> yeah. Boy, John, this is not the way to get on Mrs. Mirror's acceptable friends list. <laughs> this is... Uh, like, here, I'm going to teach you how to shove forks in your face. Yeah. I'll be like, but look, no chemicals. That's what makes yeah. her mad. Yeah. yeah. You know, my no, wife... This is, this is gluten-free. See, yeah, yeah. No. Uh, no. She's all into all natural. I'm like, yeah. it's all natural. It's an now, object. I also notice you have a condom there. Is that for after the podcast? No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sterile. I don't care about oh, this Oh, okay. Stuff. Um... But uh, no, is there uh, so, any interesting story behind that? No, no that's just yeah. uh, nature taking its course. Okay. <laughs> it didn't used to be until one rough so summer one time. Yeah, right. show. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. that was that was a Taking fun discovery. Kicks to the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun discovery. Actually, we had uh, the way it happened. What we found out, my sister is uh, can't have children as well. That's how I found out I couldn't have. Wait them. a second. Yeah, it's on a genetic Wait, level. What? It's it's not. It's it was because when we were kids, where where or our house was. Our drinking water got contaminated by an IBM building, had illegally dumped some chemicals, and it actually screwed up our systems, and it made meh, and then nothing comes out. All my swimmers are drowned. They went, um, had, <laughs> has the IBM legal department been notified about Oh, this, this? was like, I'm, I'm talking like, like. 70s 80s yeah like there's no, trump rolling they, back more you, of our you know what they, yeah. did? Yeah. No, they did yeah. for my family they bought us a, a water filter filtration <laughs> system and uh that was about it it's a little after the fact but i mean it? they didn't know we were gonna that was gonna happen to us this is so long ago you know? yeah you didn't have uh what was her name uh that julia roberts played right oh uh, uh, the ah oh, motherfucker what it yes thank you <laughs> How does the youngest person in the entire place? Dude, we should all Julia be ashamed Roberts of fan. ourselves. Yeah. 
<laughs> See, there you right. go. <laughs> well done. Uh, all right. So now, but anyway, you, you brought a condom, and hopefully yeah. you're not. So a lot of people are like, yeah. oh, what, what is your, people, <laughs> yeah. people are always like, what does your mother think? You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, what does your mother have to say? My mom is actually a big supporter of, and always was very encouraging, yeah. of uh, mostly the magic stuff because they were, like, terrified of these kinds of things because yeah. – it's it's no, it's no trick. You're yeah. just physically learning how to manipulate your body and push through pain and discomfort to do these things. So, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of times I'll test stuff out on her, and if she goes, "What the fuck are you doing?" I know I'm on the right path. Mm. That's mm. how I test everything. Mm-hmm. That's how I I, I I use her as a gauge because she is so numb to the like. Yes. I locked myself in a tank of water with like a dozen piranha, mm. and she was like, "Well, that's nice," yeah. you know. And I'm like, "Fuck." Two dozen yeah. next time, <laughs> you know. And then I did it with like yeah. alligators, and like so, I would do like these escapes that because I would. I, I worked uh, when I lived in New York. I worked uh, with this radio station, and we would raise money for muscular dystrophy. And so I would put on this big stunt show on a Saturday night. So one time I like hung by my ankles in a straitjacket over a bed of flaming spikes, and then one year I was in a tank of water with a dozen piranha, and I had to escape from the tank without drowning or being eaten, blah blah. And then and then I was burned alive, all that kind of stuff, just stuff to get people there. To raise money, and I did well, it all for we free. Know, we know what to do for John's second appearance <laughs> yeah. on the podcast. We'll, uh, but yeah. uh, so I, I like to work with charities, like so, especially like autism is a big one, and muscular dystrophy is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so my my mom is my is my gauge mm-hmm. for a lot of stuff. I'll be like, mm-hmm. hey, so I'm thinking about working on this new thing, and I'll explain it to her, and she's like, I don't know. So then I'll make a video of it, and then she goes, ah, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm on the right track. Because mm-hmm. if I can mm-hmm. make her go. Uh, mm-hmm. If she just says, I don't know, it's okay, mm-hmm. then I know it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing over there, Frank? You oh, I'm just lubing up? Yeah, I'm just pulling out of the back. Well, he has a condom, made me think of lube. Yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> no, but what are well, you these, doing these, over there? So oh, these, my CBD cream. Oh, CBD uh, cream. Okay, my prop gotcha. actually is yeah. a lot of my real shit anyway. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> might offer to share some of this with John after he mangles yeah. himself. So these are non-lubricated. Yeah. And uh, so in the sideshow, we, we have a special way of lubing up condoms. I'm going to show that to you. Okay. So, obviously, it's a standard condom. You have to unroll it all the way down to, like, where the serial number is. You've seen that at the end. Yeah. Never never unroll it that far. Yeah. So, (laughs) so you you put the condom on. Now, you put a – just to describe, in case anybody's not watching on YouTube, what is that, like a paint stick? Yeah, it's like a little paint stick, yeah. So, this is going to go in the nose. Oh, God. Oh, you now he's doing it what he did with the fork. Okay. Oh my God, he's shoving it all the way up his nose. Right? No. Now that you left the condom. Oh my God. No, he's snorting. Ah, no. Ah, no. Ah, Whoa. <laughs> and that's how you lube it up. He just. Now we're ready to go. Let me let me explain. He just basically. Jack reflex is going I know. off the chart right now. I'm like, <laughs> trying not to like drive. How would you explain? He's. It's like he flossed his face. It's mental floss. Yes. <laughs> he had one end of the condom coming out of his uh. nose. The other end came out the mouth. And you put it in your nose, mm-hmm. so you worked it down through the yeah, nose, sucked out it the top mouth. Of and then out the, yeah. And then, because everything, your body's all yeah, connected. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but, I mean, a I can understand the concept. It's but. the same thing. When your nose is running, you go, and it runs into yeah. your throat. It's mm. the same thing, except 
you reach into the back and then I mean then you can pull it out. You have to control your gag reflex. So how obviously. does this uh, my, my porno Mikey? How does this compare with some of your worst uh, <laughs> porno uh, PTSD? Speaking memories? of gag reflexes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I cringed way harder at that. Well, first we were we didn't shoot with condoms, so that was a new experience. Oh yeah, for me. yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, but yeah, that I gagged pretty hard at that. That was pretty crazy. No, was, you're you're uh, welcome. Yeah. You know, it's too bad. Uh, I mean, I had John come in on a Tuesday, but this would have been great entertainment for your co-ed baby shower on Saturday. Oh, yeah. We should have had her come over for that. I'm Mike, big with the bar and bat, bat mitzvah crowds. Yeah, Mikey's uh, expectant father. So oh, nice. That is, uh, uh, but a quick uh, uh, mention of that, though. How'd everything go? Everything went great. Uh, Jennifer represented the yes, phone fighting Yes, I sent my Jennifer oh, as so you our didn't make it? representative. Oh. I was working. Ah. Yeah, yeah. I was I was spending my Saturday with this guy. Yeah. So, I don't have a uh, my, Yeah. So, I got rednecked. What does that mean? Well, I was in Oklahoma, right, yeah. for the show, and then some uh, some people there brought this moonshine with them. Yeah, but it was like flavored moonshine. Mm. They had this. Uh, was it in was a like, mason jar or a jug? Yes, it was. <laughs> it's always so in a mason they jar. asked me as I was signing autographs and taking pictures if I would like to try some. So they brought me over a you know what what is a sixteen ounce bottle basically of yeah. water. And they go here. And so I took a sip, and it tasted very sweet, and it was good. I was like, wow. I, I'm, it, no, just Frank, question. I'm sorry. I, I thought you were talking about the promoter. These are like random hillbillies that came up to you? No, there the, are people that also worked around and stuff. Oh, okay. But, so okay. Anyway, Go ahead. People I'm are familiar with, so I, okay. wasn't, All right. I wasn't taking uh, candy from a stranger, Making per sure. se. <laughs> Making sure. It's the best okay. candy. So, they, so you were saying. So, so I took they, a sip, yeah. and I was actually, wow, this must be watered down because it's – uh, later, I come to find out, no, just that the stuff that they concocted it with, it was still mm. like 80 proof or whatever it mm -hmm. is. And so I drank a whole bottle of it and uh, put it this way. Towards the end of the night, I actually bought a pack of cigarettes and I don't smoke. <laughs> what in the world? Yeah, I have no idea. There's a picture of it that my wife was like, do you want to see what you're doing? Oh, I'm like, sure. No. So I'll have to share you the picture. And I actually was smoking a cigarette. I don't okay. know why. I've never done that before or after. So needless to say, the hangover was not the greatest the next day. And I had to fly back home. And it was yeah. still a two-hour drive to the airport, jump on the plane. So I, I thought, and I really told Mikey the truth. I texted. I was just yeah. being honest with him. Hey, dude, late show, early morning. Yeah. Like, just let me get a nap in and, and you know, get a meal and I'll, I'll be okay. And I woke up at like 11 o'clock at night. And I'm just like, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, She's right. a good old boy. Well, we, uh, <laughs> I, I heard back from my Jennifer that the, uh, we say my Jennifer, both our, uh, his wife, and my girlfriend are both named Jennifer. Oh, so we okay. have to say my Jennifer. Gotcha. Jennifer. Uh, I heard back from my Jennifer that it was a big success. And yeah. And she cleaned up. She won a couple of the games. I heard that. I heard yeah. she was winning big on yeah, the game circuit did. there yeah. at the, uh, the baby shower. Yeah. So, okay. Excellent. Uh, that was all right. Brave well, man of you to send your uh, your significant other as a female. Oh yeah. To a baby shower. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know. So I'm going with this, right? Yeah. <laughs> I do okay with that though. Jennifer's not super. She's not like we gotta run and have kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mind she, you. she talking to yours behind my back. Uh, I don't know. I would, I would definitely like he knows something I don't. No, no. Yeah, I just you know okay. like just. Yeah, you know, just uh, she wouldn't be the first woman I've been around that you know in their early 30s are still like, well, I'm okay with it. Mm. I'm all, oh, let's wait when you hit 35, mm. 36, and still be. 
You know, the other funny thing, too, is this is another little thing about the inner workings of our relationship. So my Jennifer is a hairstylist, and she is his Jennifer's hairstylist. Yes. Ah. That's where I find out so much information. <laughs> yes. When she comes back after an appointment of doing Mrs. Mears' hair, there's such a debriefing. I mean, I find out things I had no idea about. It's a great place. My phone etiquette sucks. I don't call my friends or text hardly. Uh, yeah. And even when it pertains to shit that's important, that's like, important. oh, he'll call me up. So you're fighting. I'm like, oh, yeah, they called me up. I signed the fight. I mean, besides us being friends, we do do a show together. You don't think you wanted to mention that? <laughs> I'm like, fuck, I'm that. sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's how we find out stuff. Anyway, well, that's excellent. Now, uh, while we're on the subject, though, mm -hmm. uh, we need to say a very happy anniversary to Mr. and Mrs. Mir. Oh, yeah. Today is your anniversary. Don't act like uh, you're you're just remembering this. No, right? no, I didn't. Like, oh, no, trust totally. me. Was, of course you know, I knew. Well, actually, yeah, of course. You, you know, between my wife and I, I'm the one that remembers every year. Even oh, yeah. right now, because we just got back from Oklahoma. She went with me. Mm -hmm. So. So then, and now we're leaving to go to uh, Medellin, Colombia to do the stem cells. Mm -hmm. uh, we leave Saturday night. And um, so I didn't know. Does she really want to still go do something? Like, you mm -hmm. know, we're not going to see the kids for a week. And wait before you flip through these, uh, Mikey. Just hold on that one for one oh, second. And go so ahead, Frank. What I was like, so, hey, yeah. you know, uh, you know, our anniversary's coming on the 10th. She's like, yeah. oh, yeah. She goes, when is it? I'm like, Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Like, it's funny. In our relationship, I'm the one that remembers. <laughs> that is funny because I, I think like a couple of years ago, that revelation actually occurred during a podcast. I think we were at your house. It's mm -hmm. before we had the studio. We were taping, and there was this moment of, did you realize it's our Oh, it is our anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> now, this is, uh, I had uh, Mikey pull up your, your Instagram here because there's a collage of photos. So I thought, Frank, maybe you could describe to us the mirrors through the years. What are we looking at here? Uh, that's actually at our 10-year anniversary. We booked a, uh, a family trip, my father, uh, some of her family, my children. Yeah. Uh, we went to uh, um, Turks and Caicos. Yeah, the you're on the beach. Resort. Okay. Yep, it was awesome. That water. That's actually why I found out I'm very much of a, a, a Caribbean human being. Mm -hmm. the, 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 the Cuban blood, I guess. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't like the beach on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. I won't even mm -hmm. get in the water. Even mm -hmm. when I went to Hawaii, the water just isn't the same. Mm -hmm. The Caribbean, like it's, it's like bath water, yeah. man. You could see because I'm terrified to shit of things in the water. Yeah. So I like to <laughs> see, and it's comfortable. Like it's like not. I mean, it's like yeah. it's like taking it's like bath. Water. It's like 80 degrees. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I worked on a cruise ship for two years. And we went to the Bahamas every week. I went. We did the island, Eastern Caribbean every okay. week. And every week, our day off was in the Bahamas from the show. And we, like literally, we'd sit in there. It was like sitting in a bathtub. Right. It's beautiful, and it's so clear. But also, yeah. the scary thing is, is the shadows of things. Yeah. That fl that are swimming around in there. They, yeah. One fish was hunting another one. It was like they weren't big, but all you saw was this black shadow come flying up out of the water. And we're like, holy shit! Yeah. That could have been a shark. We would have been dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that's ten years ago. Okay. Let's see what we got here next, here. All right. I don't know when that was, but we're obviously out riding. Uh, where were we? Because uh, Mrs. Mears wearing the cap. You can yeah. see that my attire. Uh, that was obviously a night taking the Harley, the, the bikes out. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, I think nice we had a show. Yeah. Because I'm wearing a uh, credential and I can see things in the back. That's funny how you use the context clues to figure out. Yeah. yeah. What it was. Okay. All right. Oh, all dressed up for this one. Oh, where Frank's was got that? a tie on. Huh. Oh, I remember nice her. formal night out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, there they are on the motorcycle. Yep. Probably the same night. Looks like we're on the same shirt. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you got a name tag on there. What are you doing there? I don't know. Is that a Disneyland trip in the background? Uh, no, no. That's just some. That was just building. hotels. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. 
Oh, back on oh, the beach. Oh, that was uh, Laguna. Okay. We went there with some friends. Raymond and Sean. Yep, yep. Okay. Uh-huh. Same. Same. Yep. Uh, Laguna again, just different day. Yeah. Wow. Well, I tell you what, you you two are a good-looking couple. You've Thanks. held up really well, you know. <laughs> no, you have. I, I mean, a guy like, gets punched in the face. For yeah, I was right? gonna say, right? I was like, yeah. well, well, look good up close. Yeah, yeah but you're kind of, you guys are kind of. <laughs> and now I'm starting doing the facial treatments. Mrs. Mir finally convinced me to do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with the, her because you know she does all those treatments yep, all and the does beauty all the stuff. Masks yeah. and all that. Getting kind of electrocuted yeah. and shit. And, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, uh, so happy anniversary to Mrs. Mir. Now, this is interesting. Uh, only in MMA. Uh, <laughs> it is your 16th anniversary, uh, wedding anniversary. But for the last eight years, basically half of those years, Mrs. Mir has sh- has had to share this anniversary with Minotaro Noguera because it was eight years ago today, tonight, that Frank broke Minotaro Noguera's arm with the uh, Kimura there. And this was your your second uh, broken limb of an opponent because Tim Sylvia was the first, right? Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and you have described this as one of your greatest victories. Yeah. Yeah, I was very excited about this fight at the end, not, and and probably not for the reason that most people think. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy that his arm was broken. It. I was happy yeah. to get the submission over such a highly touted and respected legend of the world of uh, jujitsu. Yeah. But what I was more happy about was that that I overcame adversity Mm -hmm. in that fight. That thing was very much a, uh, a miniature portrayal or a metaphor for how I like, you know, to be able to something to trade to my, show my children. While we're talking, Mikey Mm -hmm. off uh, screen, see if you can find the finishing sequence clip of that. That might be floating around somewhere. Yeah. So in this fight, our first fight, I very much dominated him with boxing and was able Mm -hmm. to knock him down. So in the second fight, I don't know, maybe a little bit of overconfidence on my part. I was a little too cute about it. And I got caught with a great punch right on the ear that knocked out my whole equilibrium. My legs caved out from under me. And I grabbed onto his legs trying to keep from falling down and eventually fell right into a, you know, into a, uh, a referee's position. I had one arm draped over his leg. And he was trying to finish me and eventually dropped down on a guillotine and sat. And at the time, I always tell people it was funny because when we were drilling just the week before, the week of the fight, I didn't think maybe his triangular arm bar was much of a threat to me, you know, especially because I, I, mean, I trained with Drysdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so his triangle and, and arm bar off his back, you know, is, is real lethal. And so, but we were like, hey, respect his guillotine because, you know, he had just finished Tim Sylvia for it to, to mm-hmm. win his version, mm-hmm. of the, you know, mm-hmm. when he won the title from uh, Tim. Uh, you know, very strong guillotine precision and strength wise. That's still one of his, you know, A plus moves. So I remember just sitting there at one point in the fight here, I got rocked. And I'm getting choked by the number one movie said not to to get in. And we're like a minute into this shit. So uh, I, I just, instead of sitting there and panicking about where I was, I just kind of, okay, I'm here. And then just was able to just, you know, what I think most people should do in life. When adversity hits, instead of sitting there going, man, this sucks, you're wasting time. Yeah. Worrying about whether it sucks or not. We're wondering about how I got here. Is it going to help you right now? No. We can worry about how you got here later on so that we can try to prevent from getting here again. But right now you're here. And so, like, what's the next What's the next part of the solution? Mm-hmm. So then I was like, oh, he's off balance to his left. So I, 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 you see me put my hand out and knock him down and sweep him. And then as I sweep him, he goes to take my back. His hips are too low. I stepped over. And then I was able to lock up the Kimura. And so it was just about problem solving. And in the end, I came through victorious, but that's why I love this fight so much. It's probably my favorite fight of mine 
because I can use it as an example to my children. Like here, I was doing very badly at the beginning. Yeah. And this is why and how I was able to turn it around, not by sulking and not by, oh my God, wh- wh- why did I end up here? Why me? It's like, ah, it is what it is. It happened. Uh, you know, in, the, in another time, I can work on how to prevent it. But let's not waste seconds worrying about that now. Just, you know, life's a math problem. Okay, mm-hmm. well, what's the next solution? Well, go here. Okay, now what's the next thing we need to do? Now go here. Mm-hmm. What's the next thing we need to do? We need to go here and just keep on working and marching forward. Is there a moment uh, right here where, I don't know if, if there's time for this thought to occur in a fight, that's why I'm asking. Is there a moment where you realize, is there a split second to realize, okay, I have brought the arm this far back. He is not going to tap. This is about to break. Like, he, it's clear he is not planning to tap, and I'm going to snap this thing. Yeah, it's weird, and this might make me seem like a psycho. But even when I train with people, I know how to lock up a move, and I, and I just go slow. Mm-hmm. I extend my hips slowly because my intentions are to keep driving it until it breaks, and obviously you'll tap before it breaks. Yeah. That's really how I train. I'm assuming under my training method that you're going to protect your own body. And as long as I give you time to protect yourself, I don't have to sit there and wonder if it hurts or not. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to lock it up, keep applying it, keep applying it. I think that's hard dunk. Yeah, that's... That's, all, that's funny. Very... Bone break. Oh, well, this is a montage. This yeah. is your medley. So this is number one. The Nogueros, is the, according to this guy. Oh, no, that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. There it goes. Oh, it looks different there. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh. Oh. Did, could you feel oh, it when it went? Yeah. yeah. Gross. Oh, yeah, because breaking a limb is very much like breaking a, uh, a, a stick, like mm-hmm. a twig. Yeah. Uh, as, I, as you're applying pressure... The human body, the bone will bend. It bows. Mm-hmm. So as it bends, it bends, it bends, it bends, it bends, and then all of a sudden there's just a clean giveaway yeah. as it snaps. And did you release pressure like right after? Yeah, that? immediately. And that's why you see me looking up at Herb. I'm I've never really been one for uh trying to inflict damage for the sake of inflicting yeah. damage. Yeah. To me it's just part of the, the job. Yeah. Yeah. And so right here you see as I'm applying pressure, I'm applying pressure. As soon as it pops, I look up and then I stop applying. Then you even see how I gently let it go. Like I didn't just throw it down. Like I, I, I let it go. I unweave my yeah. arm. I'm acknowledging that there's an injury, and yeah. I don't need to yeah. make it uh, worse. Yeah, yeah I'm, that's not going to make me any happier. It's not something I'm going to hang up and show my yeah. children. Yeah. Hey, after I broke this guy's uh, arm, right. you see how I treated him? Like yeah. if anything, that would embarrass me. Yeah, and be right, like, well, right. here you're in a position where you have somebody hurt. And by the way, here's where he's got his guillotine on, right? Yep. So I locked up. You see here, I just I felt him off balance and yeah. was able to sweep him. There is when he uh, he did a sit out and I was able to jump over high hips and I locked up the Kimura. And as soon as I locked it up, I knew I just had to get my leg over his head. Yeah. Now he is there like a uh, I mean this would be a question for him, but I'm just assuming like anatomy in general. Is there like a endorphins or something that kick in to kind of help? Are you kind of going shocked? Because I see him look at his arm like, well, oh yeah, yep, no. that's broken. Yeah, that's one of the protective measures of the human body is that, and also sometimes it can go too much. Uh, you, you sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous systems. That's why I tell people there's certain ways of fighting that, like, you know, if right now you grabbed my finger and started twisting it, I'm going to grimace and I'm yeah. going to ask you to stop, and you're going to get a reaction out of me. Once my nervous system kicks in and I'm in fight, flight, or freeze mode. Yeah. Um, 
the body doesn't regulate pain the same way because it's like it's you know your body pretty much thinks life over limb you know that's mm-hmm. that's how our, our bodies are wired and so you'll destroy something but if your body wants to survive me addressing that pain right then and there is probably not beneficial towards the survival of my my entity so guys have broken ankles and broken wrists broken arms in fights or you know i'm sure people have noticed that in a car wreck i mean almost everybody understands that concept you get into a bad accident and they'll tell you even if you feel fine right now go to the hospital because you very well could have injuries that your body is not identifying right now because you know if you're in the wild and you were being chased by a bear and you broke your ankle sitting there going ah my ankle now you're going to get eaten Mm -hmm. instead (laughs) you're going to run on it Mm -hmm. however far you have to get away from this animal Mm -hmm. and then you know an hour later, days later, you know, the next day, usually I always tell people the worst thing for an injury is a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. That's usually when you're going to find out how you feel the next day. Mm-hmm. Get a good night's sleep and we'll see how you feel in the morning. When people are like, oh, yeah. I don't think it's that bad. I'm like, yeah, sure, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get a good night's sleep and we'll see you in the morning. And then yeah. everybody, I get the cold. I'm not going to train. I'm like, yeah, I, I knew. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, uh, so I guess, well, you guys, obviously, that was, uh, that was a memorable anniversary that yeah. night. Yeah. Did you get, where was that fight? That was in uh, Toronto, I believe. Okay. Yeah, we were in uh, uh, Canada, which is funny because obviously it's my wife's anniversary or our anniversary. Yeah. I'm a typical man. It's the wife's <laughs> anniversary, right? Uh, you know, anniversary of a very, you know, historic fight in my life. Yeah. You know, Noguera being who he was throughout the early 2000s, you know, the, the, the legend. Never been submitted. Never been submitted yeah. up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, we remember Canada more because... <laughs> So we're going to the, 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 the press conference. So we go downstairs, and I forgot what version of UFC Unleashed got released, but the UFC had set up a bunch of Xboxes in one of the uh, uh, um, the rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a green room? Kind of? Yeah, well, what's it called? You have an assembly or you have a... Like a press room. Yeah, yeah, basically. Media like a press room. room. Media yeah, room. Okay. And so that way fans and media and mm-hmm. different people can come down and play the game. And so, you know, Cage at the time, I think, was he, let's see, was he... Four? Was he f- well, was it would have been eight years ago. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we would have been six. Um, and so uh, Cage is six years old, and it's Cage, my daughter, you know, and then my youngest son's a baby, uh, Ronan, but so he's being taken care of. And so we're all there, the whole family. We thought Marcus, you know, hey, you have the kids, and he's walking with my wife's aunt and uncle, I call him, you know, Uncle Eddie mm-hmm. and them. Uh, and my father and they're all there okay now we're gonna go to the press conference they're only gonna drive one of us it's me plus one so Mm -hmm. my wife jen jumps in with me and so they put us in the van they drive us over everybody else because where the 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 media was being held at was like a bridge you could walk over and it was within a five to ten minute walk of the hotel that they have us at where these video games are at so everybody's downstairs cage is playing the video game and we're all sitting there they go okay mayor we need you cool jen comes with me we give her the wristband we're leaving. All right, everybody, we'll see you there. They're going to go down as the audience. <laughs> so uh, about five minutes later, about 10 minutes later, we're in the bus being driven around. It took. It was actually faster to probably walk there than take this bus, but they wanted us to go through a certain entrance in the back. And so uh, Jen gets a phone call, and she goes, what? No. And so it was actually Malky being funny because he goes, hey. Frank's so, agent. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes, hey, do you know where, uh, do you know where your kid is right now? And I'm like, What? He goes, yeah, I got your kid. I'm like, what? Who? I was like, I got Cage right here. He goes, I came downstairs because he was running a little bit behind everybody. And he looks down, and there's Cage by himself just sitting there. So he runs up and he goes, Cage, where is everybody? He's like, I don't know. 
And he goes, your son's just like your, you. He's not panicking at all. Yeah. He's just sitting there. And they had turned off the games because now it's time to go down to the other thing. So there's no one down there. So there's my son just sitting there just waiting for somebody. And I'm like, all right, well, I guess, you know, I got left. And so <laughs> so then we call up, you know, my oldest son, Marcus. Like, hey, you know, do you know you guys left Cage? Where's Cage? They all said, I thought you had him. You know, it was one of these like, yeah. well, I thought uh -huh. you were. Oh, I thought you. But no, you said. And so that was the joke is that, like, basically we lost Cage in Toronto for uh -huh. a good five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Get his own home alone experience. Well, um, I don't know. Fast forward to uh, Saturday night, Frank. I don't know if you got a chance to see uh, the fight between uh, uh, your uh, your actual former opponent, Alistair Overeem, and uh, Mr. Rosenstruck. Did you see? No, what I did. Happened? I got the catch replaced, so. though. Well, it can I saw all, the punch. It uh, can be summed up in a photo. This is the this is the gross out episode. Is what we're doing here. <laughs> There's Alistair Overeem oh, with wow. the most horrific one-punch injury I've ever seen in my life. He, oh, God. Wow. Mikey zoomed in on that's, it. That's a lot. He was winning this fight. Judges had him up on all four rounds. I mean, it was a good fight, but Overeem was definitely winning it. And with, I believe it was five seconds left to go, he got hit with this shot and got knocked out. Have you ever seen? I've never seen an lip explode. An like injury that. like that? Not with a, a mouthpiece. No. That really surprises oh. me. That's if he had no guard in mouth guard. Yeah, that could make sense to my brain. Like, oh, you shove someone's lips hard enough against their teeth. Yeah, things rip open, it. right? Yeah. But with a mouth guard, the explosion like that, that blows my mind. Like I'm just like, my brain just can't really even do the math to sit there and figure out how that would have happened. That is so bizarre looking. Wow. And uh, uh, Somebody shot him in the face. Yeah, it does. No, that's what it, it looks like. It looks like a gunshot, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, oh, because how do you sew that up right? Uh, it looks like a star. Yeah, that's going to be a nasty. Uh, yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was a big night for, uh, I got to learn how to say Mr. Rosenstruck's first name. Let me pull that up. Uh, that's going to make me have to commit this to memory. He was a 15-ranked heavyweight, so I probably should have already learned that by now. But uh, he's from – had you ever heard of this country that he's from? Did you know about this country that he's from? All right, hang on. I'm going to tell you where this country is. It'll sound like I'm making this up. Hang on. Uh, uh, okay, hang on. All right. It is – hang on, let me, let me click on his profile. All right. Jarzinho Rosenstruck. Okay. He is from... Uh, where's his biography? Hang on. What the hell is it? Hang on. Uh, ah, here we go. Uh, Suriname. Do you know Suriname? I was just there. No. No. Obviously. <laughs> no. He's from, I couldn't even, if you began to ask me what continent yeah. it was near, I wouldn't even. He is, uh, not surprisingly, the first ever U Suriname UFC fighter. Um, Where, how do you spell that? Uh, S-U-R-I-N-A-M-E. Uh, it is a Dutch colony. Really? It is on the northeastern Atlantic coast of South, South America. Huh. It's bordered by the Atlantic Ocean and to the north. Uh, Atlantic Ocean is to the north. French Guiana is to the east. Brazil is to the south. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, like I said, Dutch colony, they speak Dutch there. So 
big win for him. All right, how about this one, Frank? Uh, we were talking about uh, uh, Anthony Joshua yeah. and Ruiz last week. Now, I told you that uh, Anthony Joshua weighed in at what? What did I tell you? It was two eighty three and a half or some yeah, crazy 286 like that? or something like that? Well, he, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, we were wondering whether or not that was uh, just uh, muscle, you know, <laughs> if he'd put on that much muscle. Last fight, he the first fight, he weighed in at 268. For this one, he weighed in at uh, 283.5, yeah. 15 so, and a half pounds. Yeah, but he now himself has uh, <laughs> reacted to what happened. I think Mikey's got the story there. I like the uh, headline of this. I think I ate everything, and that's why I gained so much weight. Do we Doesn't have it? audio? If he partied too hard and ate everything, let's hear him in his own words. What's good, Andy, hey, man? Hey. I just didn't want to be waiting outside. Dude, that's right there, fine, you know? bro. Yeah. Hey, bro, commiserations on the fight, man. I was rooting Appreciate for you, bro. That, man. I know, you know, I had a, had a rough time, but no excuses. He won me this fight. I won the first one, you won the second one, and so... What about just, a third? I'm ready for the third one. Oh, you, you know? want a trilogy? Of course, bro. That's what we're working on. Have you already been in talks? Have you talked about it yet? No, because we just got done with this fight, you know, so... Yeah. I don't know if he's in a... If he has a mandatory or whatnot, but... Right. Yeah, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to relax with the family. Good and, idea, man. Yeah, you know? Hey, now that the dust has settled, do you wish you'd trained a bit harder? Of course I do, you know, I think... You know, it could have happened to anybody, you know, I think I was having too much fun, I was celebrating <laughs> too much. Like, what, what were you doing in that period that, you know, you wish you hadn't now? You know, just being with my friends and just celebrating, drinking a few Coronas <laughs> that I should have. What was your favorite meal while you were training? What'd oh, you eat? I think I ate everything. <laughs> really? Everything. That's why I gained so much weight, you know, but... You think when, if the trilogy happens, you think, you know, you'll you'll eat better and you'll, you'll train course, harder? you know, at, from, from this from this fight that I had, even even out of shape, even even the way that I was training back and forth, fucking, I, I did pretty good, dude. I did pretty good. Yeah. But I wish I would have took it more serious, you know. I, but for sure, on the third fight, I'm gonna give it all I got. You think I, he, I want those belts back? Do you think if you had trained a bit harder, you think you would have beaten him? I think so. You know, I think he was just running too much. I think for me being too big, I was I was too slow to. Trying to catch storm, you know? Right, so, right. But you know, things gonna happen, but just gotta train harder, baby. Okay, we want a train third hard. fight though, man. We want the trilogy. Thank you, man. We gotta, we're, we're work hey, can I have a look at that scar that you got in your eye? Oh man. It's not that bad. It's cool, man. Hey, you're a legend, bro. I appreciate you, man, and you win the third. I appreciate it. Hey, that, thank bro. you, Andy, bro. Appreciate it, man. Well, he's got a good attitude. Yeah. How tall is that guy? He's not very. He's not that no. tall. Six one, six. Yeah. Oh, and he's yeah. wow. That's he's a, big, a big dude. Then, yeah. Six one. Yeah. 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 He's definitely got uh, some weight. You think they'll make that third fight, Frank? Uh, I think so. I mean, the other two challengers, like what, what is it? Uh, Wikipedia says he. No, 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 no. That's not right. Hold on. There's uh, the the two guys now that the mandatory challengers or the mandatory challenger for. Uh, uh, Joshua, eh, you know what I mean? Like, I think people realize, hopefully in boxing, I think they're starting to understand, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. To me, boxing's never going to get back on its feet until it realizes what why MMA kicked their ass. Is because MMA, 
we don't have to worry about, hey, this guy named Daniel Cormier is really good at 205, and this other guy named John Jones is really good at 205, but they never fight each other. If, yeah. if it was boxing, those two never would have faced each other because yeah. the top three or four guys in each weight class end up being in different promotions, and they never yeah. fucking fade each other. Right. And so you have all these multiple belts out there, and no one's like, well, who's the middleweight champ? Who's the suit? You don't fucking know. Uh, so having a unified belt, you know, so right now the fight to make is that honestly Anthony Joshua needs to fight the winner of of Tyson Fury and, and Deontay Wilder, mm, which happened mm-hmm, in February. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. If this was MMA, they absolutely would be facing each other. Yeah. But boxing now because of negotiations and money, and they try to you know. But I hope that they realize that whatever money you think you're losing by not having these guys face each other mm-hmm. isn't overridden by the fact of, of of how much money you can make by making these matchups. Because mm-hmm. I mean, really, in the heavyweight division, whoever wins between Tyson and Deontay or. Uh, uh, is going to be a bigger draw than anybody else you could face with Anthony Joshua. I mean, a trilogy with 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 uh, uh, Andrew Ruiz, the rematch was a big deal because of how explosive the first fight was. Mm-hmm. But now the fact that if the second fight, even with it being a reverse of, of outcomes, had Anthony Joshua went out there and floored Andy Ruiz, I think they could have made a stronger argument for a third fight. Mm-hmm. Both guys back and forth getting dropped, and then now Anthony Joshua's the champ again. Mm-hmm. But the way that Anthony won this fight, he's going to follow that same pattern on the next one. I'm going to keep him on the end of my jab, move around, and if he gets too close to me, I don't want to get hit with that left hook again, I'm going to hug him. Yeah, It's not the most exciting fight to watch for fans. No. You yeah. know what I mean? It's boring. You know, when people sit there, oh, the art of boxing is to, to hit without being hit. It's like... Yeah, but guess what? It's if not a lot wanna, of fun to watch. No, if you want to yeah. make millions of dollars, no one gives a shit. That's yeah. why, like, right now, one goes, oh, a three-peat. It's nothing against Andy getting an opportunity again to, to fight for the title. It's just that, and they're both to blame for this. One, for Ruiz being too fat to make up and, and find out a counter to, to force Aunt, uh, Joshua mm-hmm. in a fight. But the first fight they had, both guys got rocked and dropped multiple times. Or, you know, Andy got dropped once. And that was, people were like, oh, I want to see that again. Mm-hmm. The fight that just happened, no one wants to see that shit again. I mean, yeah. it wasn't bad to where you didn't want to watch it the first time. But honestly, I, 12 rounds of watching Anthony Joshua run around and jab the shit out of a, a guy who just chases him down and can't close distance. Mm-hmm. I'll watch it for a couple rounds. I don't want to see that shit again. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't want to watch another 12 rounds of that. And it looks like that's what would happen in the, in the, three, in the third one. So eh, I don't think that – I think that they need to make the fight with Wilder and, and Fury's uh, – Victor is going to face Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Has to be. I mean, and, but here's the thing with boxing. The reason why they're never going to beat MMA anytime soon, the reason why two of our guys who are not even champions sat uh, Canelo on his ass and he had to sit there and wait for us to get done fighting before he was allowed to fight because they knew that the viewership was on our part. And not only on top of that, I mean, talk about insult to injury. You're at the MGM Grand. You paid money to watch a boxing match. Not only are they pushing this boxing match back, but then they're like, hey, would you guys also like to see the fight that you're actually, you know, the reason why we're waiting? You'd probably rather see that, right? And they actually show our fight, the the MMA fight, the UFC fight. You know, (laughs) that was just, it just shows where it's at. But they did it to themselves. If they want to change course next year, we'll see, you know, the main guys fighting each other. If they want to keep it as a status quo, then you know what, you know, even Canelo now, he's the new king of the boxing world. He's not a bigger draw than just a main card on UFC. Mm. 
Lastly, Frank, we have to talk about uh, a news story that uh, I know hit uh, close to your heart here because, uh, well, for one, you texted me the story, but uh, I had already <laughs> seen this. Um, I'm going to let you set this up, Frank. I mean, the headline is basically big changes to um, USADA's anti UFC anti-doping policy, but uh, everybody knows uh, that this basically cost you two years of your career so what is your understanding of what is changing about well, the policy i think that basically the usada's testing policies in their in their labs were catching a lot of guys that were just taking either supplements that are tainted or being exposed to things because i mean they were basically in their own words finding you know a needle in a haystack so mm. guys were failing tests and being put on the sideline for metabolites or trace elements of a drug that necessarily wasn't enhancing performance and it probably wasn't taken intentionally if you have that small of amounts in your body. Yeah. So here you have guys being sidelined for years, uh, being financially, you know, repercussions. And then in the end, finding out that like, well, they weren't a cheater. You just were a, uh, you know, uh, collateral damage. And so I'm very happy that now that USADA has figured out what I figured out two years ago. It, it saddens me in one way that I have no college degree and I had more common sense than they did. Mm -hmm. But I guess common sense and college degrees not necessarily in the same. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it, now that they find out that certain drugs, like for example, the, uh, the, the, the metabolite they found in my system at the levels it was found at, I never would have been suspended. Uh, they would have been probably pulled me to the side, some extra testing to make sure that, you know, obviously being exposed to something that, you know, is, could uh, potentially be harmful to my system. But uh, I wouldn't have lost two years of my career. Um, uh, Jones, same thing. He wouldn't have lost, you know, the 15 months that he lost of his mm -hmm. career. And certain athletes out there, you know, that they're finding out that, you know, like uh, Tom Lawler wouldn't have lost, you know, uh, time out of his career and, and left the promotion. Um, so, you know, it's bittersweet in one sense where you sit there and go, man, I, you know, the thing I got screwed over on, they fixed it. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't have been, if this would have happened tomorrow or this would have happened tomorrow, I wouldn't have had the same repercussions that occurred, you know, back in 2016. I'm happy now that no other young athletes have to go through what I went through, uh, you know, being branded a cheater and, and, and all these, uh, you know, and, and losing money and not be able to provide for your family. Uh, these are, you know, I don't want wish that on anybody, uh, especially when you really didn't do anything, mm -hmm. which is what USADA is saying now, at these levels and these amounts for these certain drugs, no longer are you guilty and they realize you're not necessarily a cheater, that's just that their testing parameters are so, uh, 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 detailed are so exact that they can find things in your system that you know that you could have had in your system for years or whatnot pulsing or just different explanations laboratories that they come up with um you know it, it actually brings me hope because you know i honestly felt that i would never have gone back to the ufc because you know just like how john jones had this pulsing you know phenomenon with the same metabolite i had in my system mm -hmm. um I don't want to. I didn't want to deal with it. I could, and that's actually why I left the UFC the first time. I asked for my release is because it wasn't a. It wasn't a case of I don't want to stop taking what you guys have caught me on. It was I never took it in the first place. I don't know how to explain it's here, so you guys don't seem to care to help me out. Um, you're not in the, your own words. You're not in the business of helping me. You're in the mm -hmm. business of testing athletes, um, and so. 
I would have been suspended the next time for four years, you know, and yeah. then, you know, not fight for four years at that time, you know, and I'm in my mid forties, you know? Um, and so, uh, uh, that's why I had to be, have my release. So this knowing that is that, you know, now I know that when, you know, my contract's up with Bellator, now the option of possibly going back is back on the table, which makes Mrs. Mir happy. You know, she's always wanted me to finish my career in the UFC, but up until this moment, I never would have been able to go back. And now yeah. knowing that, okay, whatever you guys, you guys realize the error of your mistakes that we can, you know, possibly have a, you know, a, a redemption. It's one of those things of just the, the, the sheer bad luck of being active at a certain point in time yeah. where it's kind of like, I mean, well, almost just, like, almost like how people think like, this is a weird analogy, but like, think about how people think about the Vietnam war. Now, no one thinks that was a good idea. But at one time, there was a debate about it. You know, at one time, there was like, you well, know. And it was just, a police action, sir. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, time, you just um, have, you have the misfortune uh, of being, if this had happened to you, what, how many, three, four years later? Yeah. Three years later, however long it's been. I would have been nothing more that's than that like, much, hey, by the way. That's not much time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a, a, just a, and I'm I'm not trying to bum you out. I'm just saying that. <laughs> I'm that, like, I've been trying to get over this, yeah. dude. No. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. We, <laughs> yeah. I've had 24 shit. hours to sit on this before we talked You're about it. You're a real it. shitty yeah. therapist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? Yeah. This is the way I look at it. Yeah. It would be like, I mean, Throughout all of time, we're constantly trying to come up with better laws and regulation. Could you imagine if all of a sudden it was like, well, uh, you know, you know, if, if when women's suffrage came along and a woman going, well, that's screwed up. I didn't get to vote. Now my daughter gets to vote. How unfair. Yeah, it's yeah, like, right, right, you're right. right. It yeah. sucked for you, but yeah. you don't want the next generation to have it better. So yeah. in one sense, you know, like I saw someone make an argument for that, you know, about college tuitions. If, mm -hmm. if, if uh, you know, if... Uh, um, Bernie Sanders, you know, one of you know, mm -hmm. you know, fixing the, the college tuition. Yeah. Why didn't I get free stuff? Well, I paid my yeah. shit off. Well, yeah. I guess what? So now, I, you know, I guess now yeah. when I give my opinion on that, I'm in the same boat. No one's going to go back and pay me for the two years that I lost uh, of my career. Now, yeah. USADA didn't send me a sorry letter going, hey, by the way, no. I know we screwed up. Yeah. I mean, I can read between the lies and go, oh, okay, you guys know you fucked up. Yeah. You they didn't send you the it wasn't you it was us <laughs> card yeah. from Hallmark. So I mean, I can take credit in that or, or yeah. take so uh, you know solace in the fact that like well they, they're fixing it. Yeah. But uh, and, and hopefully other guys, my own daughter now as her career goes on is not going to have to deal with you know some of the situations. It's a it's, their system's improving. Mm -hmm. um, it sucks that I got caught you know under the uh, um, you know the train tracks. You mm -hmm. know like I got ran over by it, but you know hey I survived. I could keep on fighting. Um, you know, did things get hard? Yeah, I lost a house over it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I mean, bills were hard to pay Good for news two is years. You had another one. Yeah, yeah, multiple homes. You know, just backtrap a little bit. Now, you know, now look, I'm on the up and up again, and hopefully next year buy another house again. So yeah, yeah. All right. Well, it's a it's an important development in uh, the UFC's uh, revision of their USADA policy, but obviously that's one that uh, hits close to home for us. So we definitely wanted to talk about that. Uh, anything else, Frank? Before we uh, adjourn, while you think about that for a second, let me uh, uh, let John let everybody know where uh, they can follow you online, find out more about you. Do we like to mention those things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you can uh, you can check out my Instagram at John Shaw Magic. Mm -hmm. That's the easiest way to find me. I post tons of stuff on there all the time. Yep. Usually it's just really dumb stuff. Uh, I don't do serious things. I don't do political things. I only post, like, you know, just goofy, weird 
punny shit. And if you'd like for John to gross you out in person, yeah, uh, if you're you in can, the Las Vegas area. Yeah, you can come. Uh, I perform at the Zach Bagans Haunted Museum mm-hmm. uh, downtown five days a week. Um, I'm there every day except on Thursdays. Yeah. Uh, and Tuesdays were closed, so Thursday's my only. They give him two day. days off a week. Mm, yeah, that's nice. it's pretty. Not back to back, though. That kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine, though. I, I don't mind. <laughs> I mean, have you my ever... thing is, like, I look at it this way. In the sideshow world, to have a steady gig and you get to go home every oh, night. Oh, yeah. In the performance world at all, like, I spent years on tours, and that's all I did. I was flying in and out of town for years and years and years. And it's just, after a while, it just beats you up. And I'm like, you know, I literally go to sleep on the tour bus, wake up, I'm in another city. Sometimes, we, like, we woke, went to sleep in Michigan, woke up in Canada. You know, it's like that kind of thing. And then after a while, now it's like I get to go home and be in my own bed every night. And, and I, get, I walk in, put my costume on, I do my show, and I go home. Yeah, you have a residency. Yeah. I mean, you basically, in fact, if you want to leave something at the end of the night sitting in a yeah. set, it's going to be there when yeah, you show up. Yeah, it's going to be there when day, I get back. Right? I don't have yeah. to pack up my gear. I mean, you know, it's it's very nice. It's a very, very sweet gig. I mean, you know, and, and being able to stay home and, uh, you know, spend time with my girlfriend and, and enjoy all the stuff that I get here in town. This town's a great city. I moved from New York to here specifically because I love this city so mm. much, mm-hmm. you know. How long have you been working at the museum? Uh, I've been at the museum just over a year. It was a year in August. Okay. So, yeah, Zach and I met in a kind of a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, he approached one of the girls at the – one of the, the girls who was one of the guides, Stacia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he approached her and was like, hey, do you know any sideshow people who mm-hmm. would want to do an act at here? So funny thing was, a few months before that, I came through the museum just as a guest, and I was like, oh, this is, place is cool. Oddly enough, when I went into that room, I'm like, fuck, I could totally do like an act in here. Mm. But he had he had some people in there doing stuff, so I was like, oh, well, whatever. And she calls me up. She's like, hey, do you know anybody who would want to do it? I'm like, yeah, me. And I think I was in like Alabama or something like that on a tour. And I was like, yeah, do I get to stay home every night? Fuck yeah, that's great. And uh, And then he turned me down twice. Because he thought my act was too big for the room. And I'm like, yeah, because he saw my video. And, of course, on the video, there's me blowing fireballs oh, yeah, and yeah. all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, well, of course, I'm going to show you the best stuff on the video. I was like, but I can scale it down and make it fit in any room. I could do it in your bathroom if I wanted to. And he's like, so he called me. All, I got a phone call. And he's like, hey, can you come down right now? Went down. We met. Sat in his office for a few minutes. He showed me the room. He's like, so what do you think? I was like, I can start tomorrow. And he, I told him what I would do and what I would talk about, kind of the shtick. And he's like, okay, let's do that. Yeah. It was just, that's what I love about Zach. When he likes something, he's like, boom, let's go. Yeah. Like, John, no hesitation, just boom, let's go. Yeah, John's a great character at the museum. If the if the museum had a sitcom based on it, John would be like one of the most lovable characters. Like, <laughs> he would probably generate the most merch. You know what I'm saying? When everybody's Well, I mean, I like kind of am yeah. designed yeah, for exactly. merchandising. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. We mentioned, well, uh, yeah, go ahead. So we got our uh, Shaman CBD. Yes, American let's Shaman. talk about that, Frank. Yeah, American Shaman CBD is still the CBD I use and love. Uh, we've talked about me- emailing the show. If you guys are interested in getting it, still collecting on that. And hopefully uh, by the end of next week, we'll go ahead and go through and, and make sure all those get out. And uh, same with Mitrospec. Uh, I love their company. Uh, I use their products religiously. You guys probably watched me taking them while the show was on air. Uh, they have an assortment of things go on there. And again, if you go on my social media, you can write to us. Or actually on that one, we'll tag. They're going to have you write them directly and get out some supplements and some, comp- uh, some products to you personally. Excellent. All right. Uh, well, for uh, our guest, John Shaw, for Porno Mikey over there producing. And uh, when's uh, 
When's uh, uh, the baby due? Do do? Uh, February 29th. February 29th. Oh, yeah, we talked about that because it's a leap year leap situation. Year. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to be very exciting. Uh, for Porno Mikey, all of our uh, uh, guests in studio joining us, and Frank Mir over there, I'm Richard Hunter, and we'll see you right back here next time for another Phone Booth Fighting. Everybody was coming.